Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Kickback presented by Betway Women's World Cup Edition. Caroline, your host here with you. And I got Julia Rainey on the podcast for the entire duration of the Women's World Cup. And Julia, we had you last on the podcast, maybe a couple months ago, where we interviewed you about your football background. So thanks for joining us for this World Cup coverage. And I'm so pumped to kind of pick your brain on everything and yeah, talk more about the Women's World Cup. How are you doing? Of course. Well, I'm doing so great. It's always a good time when women's football is on and we have such a high caliber of games to chat about but thank you so much for having me back it's always a pleasure and I'm just excited to you know get into it let's do it first of all how's your sleep schedule going because I'm I'm rolling on a couple to a few hours of sleep a night (laughs) yeah because of the time change uh so I'm assuming you're you're kind of doing the same thing 100% last night I probably got three hours total but spread out between two different chunks so (laughs) it's a little weird my brain's kind of like what the heck is going on Um, but hey that's all good we do it because we love it and it's only once every four years. That's what I was, you know, I, I did a segment for CBC the other day promoting obviously everything here, we're doing here with the 90th minute kicked back that way and previewing Canada, Nigeria, which we'll get into in a second. And I was just like, my body was tired. My brain was tired. And, and I just kept saying to them, like, you know, it, it's as much as it, the, the lack of sleep affects you, the world cup isn't every single year. So when you have the ability and opportunity to cover it, like we do, I'm so grateful. Like I, I I'm, I'm rolling on three hours of sleep, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. I mean, for me, like this is such a dream, first of all, to be able to witness such a fabulous world yeah. cup, but to be able to actually work it, be involved and, you know, share the highlights and the stories for other people so they can learn from and enjoy the women's game just as much as we do is such an opportunity like especially both of us being women in sport Mm -hmm. being journalists like this is the dream so can't complain Love it. Okay, let's get into Canada, Nigeria first. We're going to kind of go backwards, but I know that a lot of our audience is Canadian, so I'd love to talk about this. Things that we know from Canada, Nigeria, they tied nil-nil Canada Olympic gold medalists, reigning Olympic gold medalists. So kind of coming into this World Cup with maybe a little bit of pressure, maybe a little bit of expectation that they've put on themselves as a group and maybe from us as fans and, and, and journalists. And also Nigeria, lowest ranked team in Group B, which is considered the group of death at this World Cup, but a very tough team with with some really good players. You know, we saw that yesterday. So what are your thoughts on Canada's performance 
do you think that a draw is something that, you know, they could still get out of the group with at this point? For sure. So yeah, to answer that point, um, I think a draw is definitely a great standing for Canada because it's not a loss. You know, they still got a point coming out of this. Um, of course, they were obviously looking for the win, but I think Canada now, they're getting their feet wet. Like they're getting used to the tournament. Now they can settle into the tournament. Maybe some of the nerves are gone from the first game. So I really hope, you know, that they can get the win, get some more points next time around. But I mean, this group is extremely tough. It's kind of worrying. I'm a little bit stressed. (laughs) Like it's anyone's game at this point, you know, but Canada, I honestly thought yesterday they started really strong. I was really impressed. You know, they had some chances, some possession. I was absolutely loving Adriana Leon and Ashley Lawrence up the left flank. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it's great. And then it's like they took, you know, took the foot off the gas, weren't compact. It was a bit frantic. And I was like, ladies, oh no, you just could sense it was coming down, right? Yeah, no. And, and I agree in the sense that, um, you know, they, the, can, the Canadian women's team had moments, right? And I agree mm-hmm. with Leon. I thought Jordan Heidema worked really hard all game. She did her best to create chances. Ashley Lawrence, for me, has been a standout player for this Canadian team for so long now. You know, she's considered to be one of the best fullbacks in women's football, right? And exactly. that's for, for a big reason. And Julia Grosso, you know, I, I would have loved to see Canada play through Julia Grosso way more yesterday because I think she's such a staple. She's the quarterback of this team, right? Like she's such a staple that she's able to generate an attack, keep Canada in possession. And I just think that she might be that filter to create more of a dangerous attack for Canada, which I think was at times missing. Like we saw that really nice opportunity where Ashley Lawrence passed the ball to Sinclair and she had Mm -hmm. that shot on target, Mm -hmm. right? More of that. That's kind of what I I, I want more from Canada, but Nigeria was tough. And at times, you know, they kind of sat back, made Canada play backwards, you know, uh, and were really a tough, tough team. You know, with some players, we want to talk about some Nigerian players. Oshawala, you know, plays for Barcelona, nominated for a Ballon d'Or, widely considered to be one of the best attackers in the game. So this wasn't, again, like even though they were ranked lowest in the group, this wasn't an easy game by any means. And you alluded to the fact, I don't think any, I, I know after watching Australia and the Republic of Ireland, no team in this group is, is nope. easy and every game is going to be very different. Yes. But I like what you said. This wasn't a loss. This mm-hmm. was the Canada still comes out with a point. And at the end of the day, the first game of a world cup sometimes isn't going to be perfect. So mm-hmm. I do think there is enough room for Canada to build on that with, uh, build on that game without having the pressure of a loss, but there's still like there, there is that room uh, for improvement, which they're going to need to have going into their next game. Totally agree. Like they, they definitely have to improve on finishing those chances, being more clinical. Um, absolutely. Because, you know, against tougher teams like Australia and Ireland, I personally don't think they're going to get as many attacking chances. So when they get it, like you have mm-hmm. to convert. Um, tough to call too, like with Jesse Fleming gone, that's obviously hurting a lot of people were... All, you know, ranting about that on Twitter, very scared, being like, what are we going to do? And when I talk about, you know, Julia Grosso being that quarterback, I agree. You've got to have a playmaker. You've got to have a plan. Mm-hmm. You've got to set it up, have awareness of where your other teammates are that I don't think was there 100% of the time. But Fleming, like she's used to being also in that quarterback yep. position. And I don't know if maybe like, what do you think about this? Like, maybe do you think they were a little bit frantic or, or maybe unsettled without that core of Fleming there? 
Of course, because I think that these midfielders like Fleming, which I'm glad you brought that up and Grosso and, you know, even um, Desiree Scott, who's injured, you know, and couldn't go to the World Cup. It's so essential that you have these playmakers on your team and Jesse Fleming not being in that position for Canada, which is a player that they play through a lot. Mm -hmm. It is a big loss for Canada, but I still think that having Julia Grosso on the pitch is enough to generate that quarterback type mentality where she's able to thread that needle. We saw her doing it a few times yesterday. I personally, and this is nothing against Julia because I think she's a great player. I want the ball more at her feet. So I want Mm -hmm. the Canadians to find her more and in pockets of space more to utilize her gift. Because, you know, I was just looking at her stats for Juventus, seven assists, four oh. goals. I'm pretty sure her her four goals were two goals with her left foot, two goals with her right foot. She has the ability to, to, to see the game from a defensive perspective and keep the team in possession, but also generate that attack. And I think she's very dangerous when the ball's at her feet. So that's my one, uh, I'm like, she's mm-hmm. so good. I want m- more of of. Canada to have the possession of the ball within like the Julia Grosso game, because I do think she's, she's kind of that secret sauce for Canada, especially if Jesse Fleming's out of the picture. Exactly. That, that midfield just got to be like that little bit tighter, that little bit sharper. Um, Absolutely agree with everything you're saying. You know, I mean, Julia, she won midfielder of the season and, you know, in Italy, and that's no small feat, like, you know, leading Juventus to a Copa Italia win, like, that's huge. And I think a lot of people focus on, of course, Christine Sinclair and, and Jesse Fleming, but Julia Grosso, she's 22. She's going to be the future of Canada as well. She's yes. very young. Let's get her involved, get her, you know, experience. And like you said, Caroline, she can absolutely prove that she can make things happen. She's crafty. She's classy. So where where was she? You know, let's hopefully, you know, she can bring into the game a little bit more on Wednesday against Ireland. You mentioned Christine Sinclair, tough moment for Sinclair yesterday. I know in the 49th minute, she's fouled in the box. Ref made the absolute right call at the the beginning. I'm like, oh my God, is the ref not going to call this? (laughs) I know. I'm like, check VAR. (laughs) She looks like yelling at their TV. Yes. I'm like, well, the Canadian men's team was robbed of a penalty against Belgium. I'm like, this is not happening to our women's team. (laughs) So I'm so glad that the ref ended up calling that a penalty because it it truly was. And uh, I have the stats right here. So Sinclair scored in five previous World Cups, but no one has done it in six. So that would have been her opportunity to kind of secure it, which the the world, she still has two more games. I'm sure she's going to get that moment back and score that goal. But 22-year-old Nigerian goalkeeper, Naduzi, Nadozi, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, denied Sinclair. And, you know, she's Ah. often considered one of the best goalkeepers. I believe she plays in France. So, Mm -hmm. you know, big moment for that Nigerian goalkeeper, denies the international top goal scorer for both men's and women's football. Heartbreaking moment for Christine Sinclair, but what a moment for Nigeria to kind of almost gain momentum in that moment and secure that draw because if not Canada would have won that game one nil absolutely I think you know to your point about momentum that was the absolute key for Nigeria to be dialed in to get locked Mm -hmm. in and to say hey like you know we may be ranked 40th but I personally don't think they played like a 40th ranked team they they were very strong um you know really focused really confident and that would have been an incredible feeling 
one-handed diving save Nadozi to save, you know, a goal from Christine Sinclair. I mean, I'm sure she's been growing up watching Sinclair, like probably most of the players at, you know, this FIFA Women's World Cup. That would have been exhilarating. It would have got the blood pumping. And I think that's momentum, you know, Nigeria is going to take into the rest of this group stage, which is what makes this group so lethal. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, people are criticizing the penalty. Of course, Mm -hmm. it maybe wasn't Christine Sinclair's best shot. I'm sure she would have won a little bit more power, maybe a little bit more placement if she had a redo. She's human. Although she has Mm -hmm. 190 international goals at this moment in time, she still is human. This happens to some of the best footballers in the world. Like we see this on both the men's and the women's side. So uh, I just, I, I, I understand that criticism from fans, but also I don't want to take anything away from what the Nigerian goalkeeper did because like you said like the power of her hand to come out and block that shot the fact that she read it the fact that Mm -hmm. she was able to deny that penalty in a crucial moment in a world cup you know the biggest stage of them all I think that the Nigerian goalkeeper deserves an immense amount of credit for coming up big in that moment because it's not easy like it's not easy at all Oh, gosh, I couldn't imagine being, you know, in between those posts, having Christine Sinclair standing in front of you, ready to take a shot. I would be so scared and nervous out of my mind. But Nadozi could have easily gone the other way. She could have easily stood there, yep. tried to get as big as possible. But she didn't. She gave it her all. She read the ball. She read the play. And that's no small feat. I think a lot of people think, you know, penalties are just going to go in because they have a lot of chance. They have a lot of net, but no, it's a science. It's very tactical and we cannot underplay this incredible save Nadozi made. Yeah. And think about it at the age of 22, Mm. you're standing in front of the greatest female player of all time. Mm-hmm. And that's intimidating. That takes all, you know, if she, if, if Nadozi might've lacked experience in that moment or, or, or even just being this young footballer at the world cup, that's got to feel a little overwhelming, but she handled it with sure. such confidence. I was oh, so yeah. impressed. I mean, obviously as a Canadian and as a massive Sinclair fan, I was so sad for Sinclair. I mean, mm-hmm. not sad, but I felt for her because you know that all that pressure now and the weight of that moment is on her her shoulders because she's such a team player. Yep. But at the same time, I was also as a football fan, I'm like, 22 yep. year old goalkeeper making a save like that. And in, in a moment like Very that, cool. you got to give her, yeah, you got to give her props. Yeah, it's a moment. And I mean, she won like the player of the match, rightly so. Yep. And she's going to remember this moment forever. Um, 100%. It's sort of like, you know, Lionel, for people maybe who don't know the women's game as well, it's sort of like Lionel Messi kind of standing in front of you. Right. That's what I kind of look at it as, right? For sure. Soccer royalty is standing in front of you. And for her to look Sinclair in the eyes and just go to town like they're equals and insane. I'd give her total kudos and respect. Okay. well, we can. I feel like maybe let's preview or let's give our recap on Australia versus Ireland right now and then talk sure. about how we think Canada is going to do against mm-hmm. Ireland after we talk about it because this game was crazy so oh, I, Ireland's first World Cup ever they make their World Cup debut you know they're coming in here with probably zero expectations right they just mm-hmm. but with this team when I saw them out on the field oh my goodness I, I was almost expecting this um maybe like world cup nerves take over them. You know, the moment is overwhelming. You know, this is your world cup debut for all of them. And they came out tough, physical, uh, this mentality of like, I don't care who you are. I'm going to absolutely through you. I was so impressed by them, uh, in the sense that 
they they don't I, I feel like that they could take on a, a USA or an England and not care that they are USA or England they're going to play their game and they're going to play thinking they're going to win and I was really impressed with them absolutely agree I think this Irish team has an extremely strong mentality similar to what mm-hmm. you said there Caroline and I find you know in big tournaments like this mentality and mindset can take you so far they turned up I I've never seen that Irish team so aggressive. I was shocked. I was like, wow. And, you know, you know, Katie McCabe against Rasso. Oh, wow. Those two were going at it. And I'm like, this is why women's football is so exciting. And I think the the argument that women's football is is not as exciting as men's is hilarious. And this just proved it wrong. Those two were fiery. I loved it, Julia. I'm so glad you brought that up. I have it on my notes here. Like, I said in my, my my video after the game, I said it was like a pay-per-view main event between these two. And I was so excited anytime Rasso got the ball because I'm like, what's McCabe going to do? And then McCabe, like yeah. Rasso kind of pushes McCabe and they're going at each other. I mean, the amount of fouls. I love the spice in football. I love when there's yes. um, a gra- I love when there's physicality to the game because in when it's safe, you know, when it's when it's not over, you know, when it's not over crossing the line. But this game had that and this game had sparks of moments of chaos and physicality and aggression and Mm -hmm. the the tough mentality which I absolutely agree with you I think at times in tournaments like these if you have a team that's mentally strong they might advance over a team that's not as mentally strong but maybe the other team's more talented mental toughness is huge in these tournaments Mm -hmm. and I think that that's something that Ireland possesses especially when they're taking on a co-host nation of the World Cup Australia who managed to have seven 75,784 fans watching them, which is the highest uh, amount of fans that I think has, has ever been to a women's football match in Australia. So yeah. imagine that kind of being the 12th man and Ireland's like, I don't mm-hmm. care because I'm still here to beat you up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if it's the Irish mentality and just like their culture, but I am so impressed by that. And I think me too. That's what made them go so far against Australia. Of course, Australia, they've got to have home soil advantage. And that number you mentioned of fans, amazing. And I just want to have like a quick note there for how exciting that is for the women's game because it's growing. This is truly, I feel like, just the beginning. And it's really cool to see where it's going to go. But I just thought it was so cool how the players, like you said, were not afraid to get physical. And to me, that's their passion showing. That's their pride for their country that they've worked very hard to get here. And they're not going down without a fight. And I love that. I love it too. And uh, I enjoyed watching that game a lot. You know, we can get into the goal. Rasso was kind of pushed in the box. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are saying it was a soft penalty. In my opinion, and Julia, you let me know what you think. I I think anytime there's a push in the box, I think, you know, it, it was a penalty. I think Rasso was, was thrown a, around a lot in that game. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think it, it, it sucks for Ireland to have lost that game on, on a pen, but I do think that it, it, in my opinion, it's valid and Catley, mm-hmm. you know, scoring that penalty, it was cold blooded. It was oh. perfect. She has three international goals, 110 caps. So, you know, she's an experienced player and, and she mm-hmm. just nailed that moment. And what a moment for Australia. What a moment mm-hmm. to do it in front of your home fans. What a moment it was to do it in front of almost 80,000 people. Crazy. And yeah, securing a big W as a co-host nation alongside New Zealand, which we'll get into in a minute. But totally thoughts, thoughts on the penalty and yeah. should it have been one? 
I totally think it absolutely was a penalty. I think it should have been a penalty for sure. However, I do see where people might be a little bit wishy-washy, uh, you know, on the, the up and down with that. Um, maybe for some people, it just looked like it was kind of a player kerfuffle. They were all kind of falling down, you know, due to momentum. But no, there was no reason for Rasso just to be shoved to the ground like that. She had way yeah. too much force on her. And I just think maybe the Irish got a little bit too aggressive that they wanted to protect their, their net a little bit, but I just didn't think there was a reason for her to go down that hard. Yeah, I, I would have to completely agree with everything you said there. I understand people. I understand. Uh, there's been many times where I've been watching a match and I'm like, oh, that's so soft. Come on. That's so soft. Yes. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I feel a little differently about this one. And that's nothing against Ireland because oh, I think no. that I, I personally watch them and I'm like, I'd love to see them, you know, mm-hmm. have a big win in this tournament because they are not playing like this is their first world cup. They're playing like no. they have much more experience and the passion that they have is, is something that makes as me, me as a football mm-hmm. man makes me want to watch every single game that they play, which I will. <laughs> 100%. And I mean, that penalty could have easily happened on the other end of the pitch. Right. So yep. I think yep. it was probably just a little bit unlucky, um, you know, for Ireland in that sense. But like you mentioned, what a moment for Australia, Home, like home soil, they're co-hosts. They go out there without Sam Kerr, one of the yes. best goal scorers in the women's game. Yep. And said, hey, we don't need Sam. Obviously, it would be great to, you know, to have her to make that deep run. But those teammates proved they came to play without their star player. And everybody thought, oh, Australia, like things are getting a little rocky. They don't have Sam Kerr. But no, they got the job done. No problem. Yep. Yeah, so that's a perfect segue. And Brett, great job on the, for anyone watching on YouTube, you could read no Sam Kerr, no problem. Because about an hour before the game, Sam Kerr is posting to her Instagram that she suffered a calf injury at practice and she'll be out for what's said to be, reportedly, the next two games of the group stage uh, matches for the World Cup. So she she might be back for the Canada match, uh, of course. <laughs> As Canadian fans were like, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but of course, this is horrible. Anyone, you know, you don't have to be a fan of a team or a player to never want to play. Like, I would never want to see anyone get injured at any time, but it's horrible when it's at the World Cup. So mm-hmm. I'm 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 hoping that it's a speedy recovery for Sam Kerr because not only is she the face of the Matildas, but she's been the face of this entire World Cup campaign, rightfully so. She's an incredible footballer. So she's not in the match. A lot of fans, you know, an hour before the game were like, oh, what are we going to do? Can we still do it without Sam Kerr? Mm-hmm. And you see players like Ford, you know, come into the yeah. position, you know, rock it uh, and, and, Australia, even though they would have been better with Sam Kerr, of course, they still got the job done. And I respect that a lot. Yeah, exactly. That would have been, you know, probably a little bit tough, a little bit stressful right before the game for them. And I can see how going out on the pitch, they might have been a little bit uncertain. But if they were, they did not show it. They were going out there proving to themselves and the crazy amount of fans there, you know, why they deserve to be out there. Um, And they really got the job done. And it was just, it was super cool. Of course, we don't know how that's going to, you know, progress later on for the rest of the group stage, but that will totally give them the confidence moving forward. So now we've spoken about uh, how we think about Ireland after their game with Australia. Canada's next Mm. game is against Ireland. Yes. How do you, how do you feel about this match? Because in my opinion, it's must win for both teams, more so Ireland, but Canada needs to, to, to secure a win as well. 
Yeah, I think it's must win for sure. I think right now, just my personal, you know, ideas here, I think Ireland is looking like they have the slight advantage, in my opinion, because they have that aggression, that energy. They went, you know, they, they could have easily won against Australia. They were tight. They were compact. They were making passes. They were making things happen. They didn't take their foot off the gas, which Canada, I thought, did in their game. So Canada is going to really have to learn from this experience against Nigeria and say, hey, we're, we're facing another really tough team. We cannot let it slide through again. Yeah, you know what, I, Julie, I think that's perfectly said. I think Canada is going to be tested in a very physical game. Mm-hmm. And that that's not saying that Canada can't be physical. I mean, we saw Ashley, Ashley Lawrence basically sacrifice her body to kind of oh. intercept that ball that was going to Ordega versus in the Nigeria game mm-hmm. and got rocked by Ordega, right? Crazy. So, players like Ashley Lawrence who, you know, have, have so much experience and they're so good. Like, I do think that they'll be able to handle what Mm -hmm. Ireland is bringing. Uh, but as a whole, I agree with you. Canada can't take their foot off the gas because this Ireland team is not going to, they'll do it for 90 plus minutes. So I I'm very, I think this is going to be an incredible game. I'm so excited Mm -hmm. for this game more than any other game right now, because I'm very curious to see how Canada, like I said, there's that, room for improvement, how they're able to do that and mm-hmm. now come into a completely different game, which they're going to need a completely different mentality to compete and secure three points against an Irish team yeah. that I swear. And I say this in the most respectful way is out for blood. And I, and I have to say, I commend them for that. I mean, yep. they're like, this is our world cup debut and we're going to, you know, make a name for ourselves. Totally. I, I also think Bev Priestman and the rest of the Canadian squad though now, they're going to know what the stakes are. They're going to yep. know that this is um, yeah, basically a must-win situation, like you said. And I think Canada, they, you know, they won the Olympics. They do have this experience making deep runs. They have experience in major international tournaments. And their teammates are playing for top clubs all around the world. So they know what it's going to take to go yep. far to get the job done. And I'm really excited to hopefully see that side of Canada come out. You know, I'll Obviously, don't want them to be put in the situation that forces them to step up to the plate. But I think now they're going to realize, oh, my gosh, we're at the World Cup. This is it. We got to step it up. And I am really hopeful that Canada is going to bring that energy next game. And sometimes that's what it comes down to. And sometimes Mm -hmm. teams need not that this is a wake up call for Canada, but maybe sometimes teams need a little bit of that, like spark that's ignited for them. And, you know, Christine Sinclair missing that penalty. Maybe she comes out into this game against Ireland and has a hat trick. You you never know, right? Like this motivation from an individual perspective and, and maybe from even a team perspective, I don't want to speak for them. I would just assume that this is motivation enough to come into the next game and be like, we're fighting because as reigning Olympic gold medalists, we know we can do this. We beat Sweden in that final. We know how to persevere. We have such a talented roster. We're a close team and we're going to get the job done. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk with you after that game and kind of break down whatever happens. And me too, because I feel like it's going to be a spicy game. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be crazy. I think it's going to be so spicy and everyone watching, make sure you tune in to that match because it's going to be fantastic. I don't really have words to say other than fantastic. And I think it's going to be great. I would love to see Sinclair, a Canadian, of course, being the first person to score in six World Cups. Um, So really hold note for that. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Perfect. Okay, so our last match, or kind of kind of our last match, New Zealand versus Norway. So our other co-host nation of the World Cup, mm-hmm. who had 42,137 fans in attendance, which is mm-hmm. the most for any gender in New Zealand for a football match, which is amazing. And this was New Zealand's first ever win for both women's and men's football, which is again, incredible. Like what the Matildas are doing, what the football ferns are doing. I love to see it. And uh, I mean, I just back to what you said, Julia, from a, a general big perspective of women's football. I love that New Zealand and Australia had the opportunity to host, uh, to host this world cup because their fans are showing up, they're showing out and they're showing women's football, the respect it finally deserves and massive, massive. If if this somehow gets to anyone in Australia, anyone in New Zealand, Mm -hmm. massive respect to you guys. And please keep showing up to these games because it's, it's incredible to see. Oh, 100%. I truly think this is a new era of women's football. I think it's really exciting that in specifically, I mean, of course, globally, but Australia, New Zealand, like they're bringing in a new generation of footballers. They're setting the new precedent. Mm -hmm. And before, you know, a lot of people just talk about the NWSL or the WSL, um, you know, of course, the amazing teams in, you know, Spain and France, but there's quality on that side of the world too. And I think it's personally very cool and very interesting to see some of these teams who haven't historically maybe done as well in the world of football, suddenly making names for themselves, New Zealand, getting it done, Australia, getting it done. I know we're talking about this, um, you know, New Zealand game, but Ireland going out there strong, like who would have thought? So it's, it's very cool to me. Ali Riley, tell me how you felt in two, mo- three moments, maybe at the beginning of the game during the anthem, she's got the biggest smile on her face, which mm-hmm. I, I love to see. She's now been at five World Cups and this was her first ever World Cup win. So then that moment in itself is just, there are no words, I'm sure no for words. her. Mm-hmm. And then in the post game interview, how emotional she was and happy and just the message she sent out. 
I was so happy for Allie Riley. No. I'm like, I don't know this woman. I want to give her the biggest hug. And I just seeing the emotion on her face before and after the game, I'm like, I hope the football ferns really make a run at this mm-hmm. World Cup because what an incredible storyline that would be for them and, and a player like Allie Riley. It's an absolutely incredible storyline. I just think she's the most positive, the cutest person in the world. And I think, you know, she plays that personality will make such a difference. Like she plays such a leadership role in the team just for that passion, that personality she brings to the football ferns. Absolutely. But she has every right to be emotional. She has every right to feel the moment, to really soak it in. Because when you think about it, five World Cups, like that's a lot of time to have committed her life to New Zealand, to football, to trying to make this dream happen. She finally finally gets that win with the rest of her teammates and it's on home soil like how cool is that so I think like I have shivers <laughs> to be honest I know. it's it's a story that I think needs to be talked about because it's just that feel-good story that these global tournaments bring to the sport and you know I, this is what football is about it's about the passion the love the feelings and just the joy it comes I totally agree with you. Do you have a standout player on New Zealand that you were really impressed by watching uh, them in that first match? Mm. I mean, of course, you know, you look at like, you know, the goal scorers, Wilkinson, of course, but I was really impressed personally with like CJ Bott. Yeah. I thought she was, you know, very speedy, very pacey, very aggressive. She wasn't going to let her team lose. She wasn't going to take this precedent of New Zealand not doing well anymore. Um, So I was just really impressed that she was a workhorse out there. Oh my gosh. She was my favorite player from, I think the first moments of the game, Mm -hmm. just how good she was in transition, both defensively and offensively, and just how dynamic she was. And even the decision-making she had in her passes, she, even though Wilkinson had scored the goal and she was great too. And Jackie Hand really started to get into Mm -hmm. the game. And, you know, as the game continued, CJ Bott was like my star player because Mm -hmm. I, I almost wasn't expecting uh, this fullback to have, you know, no. the best game. And she blew me away. I was like, she was uh, an absolute shining star on the field. And I was so mm-hmm. excited for her. Yeah, that was fabulous. And, you know, I also do want to bring attention to Wilkinson as well, because yeah. seeing, I'm sure we've all seen a lot of the screenshots and the photos. And if you haven't, I highly recommend you check it out because right after she scored that goal, the passion, the energy that just came out of her body was phenomenal. Like, I'm sure you felt it too, Caroline, watching that. But it was very special. You know, first goal scorer of the tournament. So cool for her. So she scored in three World Cups. And like you said, Mm -hmm. she opening, she opened the goal scoring in this Women's World Cup. And the passion she had. I mean, I just can't imagine what it might feel like to, to know that you scored a goal that could help your team win their first ever world cup game to help your country win their first ever world cup game on both the men's and women's side. And you just did it in front of 42,137 people Mm -hmm. that are screaming. Like I would feel like I probably, my body, I had an out of body (laughs) experience. So I love seeing that raw motion from her. And we, we need to see like 
more of that because I'm, I'm not there in person and I'm feeling that from my TV screen at 1am, you know, 1.30 probably at that time mm-hmm. or 1.45 in the morning. And it wakes me up. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm, I'm like watching the game. I'm like, Hey, stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. You're not tired. And then mm-hmm. Wilkinson scores a goal like that, which by the way, was a great run and ball from Jackie Han. So there's that whole sequence. And I'm like, wow, this woke me up. And I wish I was there watching this live. So yeah, yeah. it's a great moment from New Zealand. I'm very proud of the football ferns because I feel like they were maybe a little underestimated. And mm-hmm. I do think that, you know, they're, they're making a name for themselves, just like we kind of said about a few other teams. And that's exciting to see in this world cup. It's very exciting. And, but like, to be honest, I also thought Norway would have came out with a little bit. Yeah. More I don't know about you and what, what you think of that, but I thought Norway was slightly flat and I was like, hmm, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So Norway for people listening in the 2002 euros had like a catastrophe finish. They, they were in, in what people would assume just with expectations was a horrible performance. They finished third in group a and like, never forget that eight, nothing or eight nil blowout from England. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people were anticipating that Norway comes into this world cup with this chip on their shoulder saying like, we need to kind of prove to everyone that that was just a really unfortunate tournament for us, which happens like this. Yeah. We see this on the yeah. men's side too. Uh, and now we're going to come back and, and get back into the mix of things because we're one of the best footballing nations. Um, I was completely underwhelmed by them to be very, very underwhelmed. And and even from some of their star players, I know you can't put it all on the star players, but I was just expecting more from, from players like Hegerberg. And, you know, I think Hansen, you know, she had, Mm -hmm. she had that crossbar, which was very unfortunate and unlucky. But at the end of the day, I was just expecting more. I mean, I, there wasn't really a threat defensively. Sometimes they seemed very unorganized. Their passing at times was questionable. And I think New Zealand did a really good job taking advantage of a poor Norwegian performance. And also maybe just this Norway side isn't what it used to be. Yeah. Who knows? And we don't know the answer to that question yet. I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, Norway's next performance and how they do, but major kudos, shout out to New Zealand for noticing that, yeah. picking up the holes, like you said, taking advantage of it. Um, this was their time to shine. And now that will change the, the rest of that group because Norway was projected to win that match. Yes. Right. So this will totally change the vibes of that group. Well, you know, I, I always do these fun little predictions before the world cup starts, I had Norway topping the group and I'm like, okay, yeah, they're kind of on their redemption arc because of what happened at the Euros and they were really heavily criticized in the media. So I'm like, okay, these ladies are going to come out and uh, again, not saying that they're not going to, we, we talk about little wake up calls in the world cup and sometimes it's needed. Sometimes teams don't have the best group stage performances and then they go on to go to the finals. Like we've seen that happen before, but I was just uh, underwhelmed. Like I would not be surprised if Norway you know, doesn't have the best performances just because I was very underwhelmed by them and overly impressed with New Zealand. (laughs) Totally. And I think this is where the mental game comes into play. They're going to know they have to win now. They're going to know they did horribly at the Euros. They're going to remember all of these things. And is that too much pressure for them? Who knows? I think it could be, but time will tell. Well, like I'm just looking at their groups, Switzerland, New Zealand, Norway, and the Philippines. And we know that Switzerland beat the Philippines last night, our time. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now, one and two spot are Switzerland and New Zealand. So Mm -hmm. it's 
it's going to be interesting how this group plays out. I'm not saying Norway doesn't have a chance. Anything can happen, but we'll they've see. got to really, they've got to really step it up in my opinion. They do. And, you know, I watched the Switzerland Philippine games as well. And Switzerland was also one of those teams. They were class. Like they came to play and they were fully, fully dominating that match. Of course, I know the Philippines are also tournament debutantes as well, but Switzerland can't underestimate them too. So this is going to be a very tough one for Norway. I'm excited to see what happens. Okay. Last topic of our podcast, Spain versus Costa Rica. I said online Costa Rica and people are not happy with me. I've been saying Costa Rica my whole life. So if it's Costa Rica, I'm sorry, everyone who's listening, but I've corrected myself. So that's what matters. So Spain scored three goals in six minutes. Uh, they had 46 shots to Costa Rica's one. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to think about this from just a general world cup perspective. That's what the women are doing. But then when you think about the men in Qatar, they had also beat Costa Rica seven, nothing with 17 shots to zero. So I'm like, Crazy. I'm like, I feel like Spain has Costa Rica's number in the world cup or something because I, uh, <laughs> The, the performances they're putting out, uh, I mean, obviously very dominating performances. Spain had a heartbreaking exit from the Euros in 2022. Mm-hmm. So I feel like mm-hmm. they've come into this World Cup tournament uh, also maybe with like a little bit of a chip on their shoulder where they're like, we we could win. You know, we could have a very big run. And the way that they had exited the Euro, which I believe was the quarterfinals against England, and then yes. they went to the semifinals, that would have been their first semifinals that they went to in the Euro. They're like, okay, well, now let's show the world world that we can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now Alexia Proteas is starting to get back into action, oh. which is so great to see after she exciting. I know. So it's like all of these really good players for Spain. I wouldn't rule them out. I think they're a very dominant team. People are saying they had 46 shots. Why did they only score three goals? Sometimes this happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll monitor that as the tournament goes on. Like, do they have a finishing problem? I'm not going to assume that just yet. I just sometimes think that happens. Nonetheless, to get 46 shots in a game, wild. Easy. And I'm very excited for Spain. Totally. I mean, I don't think people should be too worried about the 46 shots thing right now. Like they scored three goals, albeit yeah. one was an own goal, but yeah, three yeah. goals in, in six minutes. And, you know, you're you're in a, a big game, a world tournament, and you're up three goals and it's literally the 27th minute. Should they have maybe kept scoring for sure? But that doesn't necessarily like they could have easily just subconsciously sort of just played to win at that point. Right. Like who really knows yeah. what, what went on. And I think it was very cool to, you know, be up those amount of goals and then to see Alexia come on. Oh, so exciting to see her come back on the pitch two time Ballon d'Or winner. Oh. It is a privilege when she steps on and, and, you know, we get to see her. So I think uh, Spain being up a little bit was a good time for her to come on, sort of work out the nerves of the tournament, get the feels out, especially being yeah. away for so long but I agree I think people should not rule out Spain that was commanding and they know that in six minutes in any other match they play they can score three goals again right I know and I just keep getting more excited at the thought of Alexia Puteas being this healthy you know Mm -hmm. athlete who can get back on the pitch for maybe a half maybe a 90 minute game one day if we're lucky but just seeing her out there you know for people who don't know she did tear her ACL she's been out for the last year uh just 
probably the best footballer in the world, an incredible, an incredible player. So just seeing her back out on the pitch and what Spain could be with her in addition to, you know, an Alexia Puteas player is mm-hmm. so exciting. So we'll see, we'll monitor how many more minutes she gets as the tournament goes on and, and if she gets into other games, but I do agree with you, Julia, it was like the perfect time to bring her on and work on her yeah. world cup fitness, you know, work on those nerves because I'm sure they're there. If she hasn't played uh, for, for a little bit and, I'm excited to see what Spain does and hopefully Costa Rica bounces back too, because this isn't, you know, I think in the men's world cup, Costa Rica ended up bouncing back. Uh, I don't, I, 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 I forget, but they lost a lot to Spain and then they ended up bouncing back in their next game. So you never know what could happen. This is the beauty of the world cup. Exactly. You do never know. And I think we also do need to give, you know, Costa Rica some respect as well. And some yes. acknowledgement because with that amount of shots, albeit the scoreline could have been considerably worse and they managed to still, no matter how Spain played, but they still managed to hold them off for the rest of the game and not make it a complete blowout. I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. So um, we'll see, but it, it's been very exciting and some great matches so far. Man, I might be wrong about Costa Rica and the Men's World Cup. I can't remember. I'm, I'm looking at this right now. Brett would know. I feel like Brett has a way better memory than me. Sometimes I like <laughs> make things up because I don't, I don't I mean, remember. There's been a lot of football since the Qatar Men's World Cup. Don't sweat it. Yeah. I, well, someone correct me when you're listening to this podcast or send me a message on Twitter and let me know. But yeah, Ju- <laughs> Brett, Brett in, the, in our in our little ticker said, LOL, nope. Uh, well, Brett, if your memory isn't good, mine definitely isn't good. So I should probably just not try to do that again. But for everyone listening, for everyone watching, Julia and I will be covering the entire Women's World Cup presented by Betway here on Kicked Back. So please tune in. If there's a day that you miss, a game that you miss, no problem. Julia and I have you covered here on the show. We'll get into any trending topic, any game, any player, any moment that we feel like needs to be talked about. And we recap everything with 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 our opinions. And we always want to hear from you too. So if there's a day that you miss because the hours are crazy and you're working, don't sweat it. We got you here on Kicked Back. And Julia, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for all of your win- wonderful insights and all of the knowledge that you have. Oh, no, thank you. It's so fun to be able to chat about it with a fellow football journalist, football fan. And just, I think we're in for a real treat here. So really excited to unpack this with you for the next month. There's more to come. And just for Canadian fans, when's Canada and Ireland? So Wednesday, July 26th at 6 a.m. my time. So 8 a.m. your time, Julia. Yes. Uh, We'll be, we'll definitely have an episode ready to go out for you guys that day after that game. And hopefully as Canadians, as a a little bit, being a little bit biased, hopefully the, the Canadian women pull through, but what a match that will be. It'll be an excellent match and time will tell how it goes down. I agree. I would love to see Canada come out with a win, but we'll see. I'm not going to put any wagers or else I will be wrong. Perfect. All right, guys. Thank you for listening till next time. This has been Caroline and Julia on Kicked Back presented by Betway and we'll see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 